We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Monday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, Rotowire, and as featured right on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. The Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate, review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe, Benny. What is going on here? We got another week of dfs nba action on tap yeah i'm a little conflicted about yesterday i had a really good start with aaron gordon busevich and uh you know zaza pachulia and and uh dwayne wade on my rosters and i had levine randall lillard and mkg left so i was i think i was sitting at 172 with 196 minutes left on DraftKings. And I was thinking, oh, baby, I got a 300-plus roster coming. 
and Levine did not do all that well. Randall had a late flurry to to kind of make him a decent viable option. Lillard underperformed, and MKG went nuts, so I can't really blame him. Right. But uh, I finished with 281 on the day, which was still a decent score. It cashed me in most of my GPPs and won the 50-50s. I had that roster in. But it was a little disappointing because when you start with 172 from the first four guys that go, mm-hmm. and you have four guys that you like left to go, I was expecting a big day, and I didn't get it. Yeah, I could see the disappointment there when you're sitting there drooling, and you're like, oh, I got all this PMR left, you know? Yep. And then it just doesn't pan out for you, you know? You, cashing everything doesn't make you feel much better, because you knew that you were sort of yeah. cashing anyway. I mean, so. it was it was a good day. I made money. I'm not complaining, but right. you don't get a lot of those days where you have, like, you know, a roster that's in a couple different tournaments. Like I was in the hundred dollar January jams, you know, rerun that they did last night. And I was up in like 25th, 26th place, you know, thinking to myself, I got more PMR than everybody else by a lot. I I got a good shot at this. And ultimately I finished in like 50th. So it was still a good cash. I won a couple hundred bucks, but you know, it's a bad feeling because you know that you could have had, you could have had a big one. It could have been that night that, you know, you won, five figures or something like that so right if you're gonna use the word jam on the show you're gonna have to start like dancing like michael jackson along with michael jordan in back oh i i can moonwalk i'm not gonna lie to you oh yes we need a vine of benny moonwalking (laughs) he's like his value play hits or something like that so that's that's your uh homework for this week when benny um he throws out a home run cheap option and he goes ham in your dfs lineup we need a a moonwalking vine to uh, tag to uh, Benny at Benny R 11 and at Josh Hayes FS. And if it's good, you've got a shot at, at a potential retweet. So I'll tell you what, if I qualify for a live final, I will, I will get out my Michael Jackson hat and I will put the hat on and moonwalk and you can save it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it would be so good. Oh yeah. I'll definitely uh, use my video recorder on Skype to, to, to make that happen. And then it's going to be, in the archives to go down in history that would yeah. be awesome if i if i cash a big check at a live final i will do it on stage mark it down oh shoot yeah that's <laughs> even better even better than it makes dk tv we love that mm-hmm. all right let's go ahead and dive into the top plays for uh monday's action we've got a nice juicy slate uh nine nine games 18 teams in action some big boy totals here we got 214 from Zach, but that's not even close to the 221 and a half Washington and OKC. Let's go ahead and start out your top options here at the point guard position. Yeah, I think, I mean, you got to look at Russell Westbrook in this matchup because it's high paced. Mm-hmm. The problem that you'll have, which, you know, Josh and I actually had this discussion a little bit this morning, and we'll get into it when we get over the small forward, is, you know, if you can only pay up for one, who do you take between Westbrook and Durant? But um, I definitely think if you have the money, Westbrook's a viable option here. It's the highest total game on the day. They're favored by almost 10 points. Washington plays at an up-tempo pace. Everybody usually outperforms their averages against them. And, I mean, Westbrook's a walking triple-double threat every time he steps on the floor. And he doesn't just get triple-doubles. Like, he gets, like, 30-point, 14-rebound, 14-assist triple-doubles. So, you know, he has the ability to put up a big number in every category. You know, I mean, if you go with Russell Westbrook today, I don't think you're going wrong. Um, Now, if you need the save, which if you decide to go Durant, you're probably going to. I like Kyle Lowry a lot in this matchup against Denver. Um, Another high-paced team, high-paced situation. And Lowry's been really, really good lately. So, you know, this is a game that's um, paced up in a higher score than we usually see for Toronto. Yes, they are on the road, but they're favored against a team that's been going up and down. Moody A defense, not anything that scares me. 
Um, and you're getting him at over a $2,000 discount to Russell Westbrook. So I think Lowry's like a 45 to 50 point player. I think Westbrook's like a 50 to 60 point player. So it's probably worth it to get either one of these guys. But roster construction wise, I think Lowry's been fitting better. So he's probably my top play at the position. Yeah, Lowry has been a guy who you know we sort of were concerned a little bit about him because he had a a situation where he was battling that wrist issue, and so that sort of um, leaned me more towards um, you know De- Demar Derozan, who's actually been performing pretty well as well. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying there uh, as well. Kyle Lowry has shown that there's no ill effects to the, to that uh, wrist issue, and he's been a a strong option uh, you know here going forward. Now. Down in the value area here, there's. It, it, I'm not excited about everything overall. We, you know, we and I, we we went through this this morning and we tried to make a case for all these cheap guys, and everybody has some serious warts uh, here, Benny. Uh, I mean, I think you can give. You, normally, I would give some consideration to a guy like Norris Cole at 5700, but Memphis, uh, you know, is a pretty solid defensive team, and uh, Norris Cole has been sort of uneven in terms of production. He's alternating between scoring you know 20 to 30, and then popping up with a 43 game like he did against Sacramento, but uh, you know, I would just probably consider him GPP only. Now, in, the, uh, in that sort of same area as well, we have Donald Sloan, who's probably in one of the better matchups that you can find against, you know, Reggie Jackson defense in Detroit. But he's been rather uneven uh, there as well, you know, alternating between t- 25 and then throwing up duds, in what should have been a good spot for him in New Orleans, like, you know, uh, 10.25 uh, fantasy points. So can you stump for anybody here um, in, in value town? Or is this as point guard? Because like, I'm just feeling like for the most part we have to – spend money in the mid to top range in order to, to keep yourself safe in your cash games and get the proper value in GPPs. Yeah, there's two guys who I'm going to talk about a little bit. Um, at 5,200, you have George Hill from Indiana. And he's okay. He's not a great option, but I think he's safe for value. And part of the reason has to do with the pace that the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing at now. You know, under Blatt, they were a team that was scoring about 100 and giving up, you know, in the low 90s. So they were playing games under the 200 total. Since Tyron Lue's taken over, they're, they're playing at a faster pace. They're scoring about, you know, a, closer to a buck 10, <coughs> excuse me, and giving up closer to 100. So the pace is actually what's, you know, allowing them to give up more points. It's not that, you know, their defense is any worse. Their defensive efficiency is still very good. It's just there's more possessions in the game now. So for fantasy, more possessions in the game is, you know, makes it easier for the other team to score points. So I think that, you know, George Hill here at 5,200 is probably the best priced option that you can look at. If you needed a punt play, if you were trying to fit in like, you know, Westbrook and Durant, um, I do think Corey Joseph is in a decent spot, 3,900 against the Denver Nuggets. You know, he's been putting up about 20 to 25 fantasy points, which is around what you would need. He's not going to give you much upside, um, you know, but I do think it's a good matchup. Denver is a team that plays at a high pace, gives up a lot of points. You know, the altitude up there usually means a few less minutes for all the starters and a few more minutes for some of the backups. So I think he could be a guy that could get you 20, but... George Hill's probably my favorite guy to go down there cheap. I would only really mess with Corey Joseph in a tournament if I was trying to, you know, fit in multiple superstars. But he's not somebody that I really love today. Yeah, and I think for me, I, I we can make a case at least in GPPs for Darren Carlson, who's sort of uh, who's been, you know, hot or cold, hit or miss here, but in that same sort of range of um, uh, of uh, who are we talking about? Just oh yeah, uh, Corey Joseph. He's, we've got two fourteen total on that game. 
and the, the the point guard position is uninspiring. And Darren Collison has been playing down the stretch in fourth quarters uh, alongside Rajon Rondo. So something else to consider as well. Uh, as well, he's can be sort of a streaky guy, and right now um, he's playing fairly well. But I would limit him to GPP only for the most part. All right, shooting guard up next here on the slate. We got some big boys up top, and then there's some better value options that we can sort of make a case for here uh, as well. Who are you looking to roster uh, at the two? Okay, if you want to win a GPP tonight, all right, this is how this is how much I like this play. I think Monta Ellis is the guy that you do it with. And I know a lot of people just cringe, so I'm going to explain myself here. There is a 210 total in this game, and it's only a five-point spread, meaning that they're expecting the Pacers to score 102, 103 points, somewhere in that range. Now, if you look at the Pacers team, you know, Miles Turner is a guy that we all like, but... He's not a huge scorer. He's not a guy that's going to put up 30, fan, um, 30 real-life points for you. We don't know if Jan Mahini's going to play. If he doesn't, you probably have Jordan Hill in there. Again, Cleveland's been good against big guys. Not a guy you expect to score a lot of points. So I just talked about George Hill, who I do expect to have a good game here. And then you have Paul George matched up with LeBron James, which is not an easy matchup for him. So you don't expect him to go you know, towards the ceiling. So if you need somebody to score on this team, that basically leaves you the guards which means if they're going to get to 102 or 103 points, you're going to need a good game out of George Hill and or probably end Monta Ellis. And of those two guys, Ellis is the better scorer. Now, Ellis is also coming off back-to-back 50 fantasy point games. It's going to be matched up with, you know, like J.R. Smith, maybe a little Shumpert, maybe a little Della Vadova. You know, none of that really scares me all that much. So my favorite play here at the shooting guard spot is Monta Ellis. I think he's going to be very low-owned. And I think he's going to be a guy that can help you win a tournament tonight. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So uh, he, he's in, that, in, the, in a spot where as long as the scoring volume is there, I think he's been fairly strong. For me, I think we've, we need to make a strong case out of uh, Chris Milton in, in cash games at least. 7,100 is the price. He's been very consistent and has been the guy who's essentially been taking the most shots for them. He had a tough game against Miami there as well. But before that, has paid off 5x value there in, what, five straight games and if you want to go even further than that, it was like uh, eight out of the past nine. So super consistent, great matchup, t- big total on the board against Sacramento Kings. We know you can always attack the shooting guard position with them there as well. So I think uh, Chris Middleton is you know borderline chalk uh, for, uh, for me personally there. I do love DeR- DeMar DeRozan, who we, we tried to cram into our lineups, but just, you know, we had t- uh, too many top-heavy plays. So he was a guy who ended up not making the cut, but I would love him against Gary Harris slash Will Barton defense in a paced-up game there as well, 207.5. And that really is a two-man show out there in Toronto with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. If you had a chance to pair them both together, you'd probably put yourself in a pretty good spot uh, overall. So, I mean, as far as lock chalk goes, you could definitely make a case uh, for those guys as well. And then Wayne Ellington is a guy that we sort of looked at. You, you talked about him getting starters minutes uh, over, overall. He's been um, been producing pre- uh, fairly well. He's been paying off um, at minimum 5.2 times value and has a spot where he was at 6.8 and and, and, uh, and over 7.5 plus in the past four games. So I think he's a great value option uh, there as well as Brooklyn. Just not expecting a ton. And, you know, like we always say, don't get caught up in making too many value plays because you're going to value town yourself. And then you'd be like, oh, I mean, all these guys hit six, seven X, but you still end up with 250 points because you, you know, went too too far into Value Town. But if you're going to make a play there, he's definitely one of the best uh, players on the board. Thirty-seven hundred dollars is the price uh, on DraftKings. Anybody else you want to sort of uh, toss out there before we move along? Yeah, I um, I actually have two other guys I want to talk about. Gary Harris at forty-six hundred. 
Um, high total game there, 207 points. It's not really a great matchup for him, but if you look at this guy's game logs, he's gone 6x or better in four of his last five games, um, putting up between like 25 and 30 fantasy points. And again, that's all you need out of him at 4,600. So if you can get 6x from a cheap guy like that consistently, you know he's somebody that I'm going to be looking at as a, as a salary saver, probably more in tournaments than in cash, because I don't know if he's that safe. But again, four out of his last six, uh, four out of his last five games, he's gotten us there. So I think that he's at the very least worth a look there. Uh, then another guy who I like for tournaments, um, I'm going to be paying up a little bit for Rodney Hood at six thousand dollars. I know they play against Chicago, and Josh and I actually had this discussion this morning. The way Chicago's been playing lately, I feel like Jimmy Butler is going to be matched up on Gordon Hayward, which would leave Rodney Hood with Etwan Moore defense. Um, so I think with Jimmy Butler on Hayward, they're going to need somebody else to step up and do some scoring. You know, again, Favors is back and Gobert's back, so they have those guys down low. I think the guy who gets forgotten about there is Rodney Hood, and I think Rodney Hood could be in for a sneaky game, especially with people looking at the game logs and thinking that, oh, he's going to get Jimmy Butler defense. You know, I think you're going to get him at 1% or lower owned, and he could have a bigger role if Butler's matched up and, you know, taking Hayward out of the game. Yeah, I could see that there as well. So definitely uh, a matchup worth uh, evaluating and, and potentially getting some exposure to it as well. Uh, we talked about here on the Fantasy Basketball, um, or the Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball podcast about Mario Hazonia too, who um, played 33 minutes and got some max exposure. This isn't the game for me to get exposure to him overall, although I could see a scenario where it becomes the game because San Antonio is a pretty big favorite, uh, you know, uh, plus 16 against the Orlando Magic there as well. But keep some tabs on him as well. If you wanted to go super home run GPP, GPP play, he could be um, you know, a little cheat code there if Orlando does end up getting blown out and they end up playing him a ton of minutes uh, against backups. But you know, I've never wanted to play anybody you know, in blowout or not um, against San Antonio. I can play make a case for a guy like Boban that we talked about here uh, in, the, in the pre-show. On the other side of that, taking advantage of blowout minutes and you know getting himself closer to the 20-minute range, which is definitely what you would want, at least for GPPs and potentially for cash. Definitely not as cash safe because he could pop up with something like 10 minutes if Orlando hangs in that game. Um, but you know somebody to keep your, your eye on overall because he's finally getting into that six-man scoring role that we hoped he would get as a uh, rookie you know, coming up as a big-time scorer out of, out of the, uh, the EuroLeague. I believe he played in. So uh, keep some tabs on Mario Hezonia. All right, before we move into the small forward position here, uh, Benny, we have to let you know, uh, for all you pod listeners out there, that if you're not subscribing to rotowire.com, now is the time to do so. Free 10-day trial available uh, at rotowire.com slash pod. Features include lineup optimizers for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, and soccer. Uh, Up-to-the-minute depth charts, customizable league projections, complete draft kits for all the major sports, online and magazine format, and much, much more. 10-day free trial. Use the stats that we use on this very same show. Rotowire.com slash pod. Free 10-day trial. Tell them Josh and Benny sent you. All right, small forward. Back on tap. Talk about your top options here for today's action. Yeah, um, we were talking before the show, and I was telling Josh how much I love Kevin Durant tonight. Uh Uh, And, you know, four of his last six, in his last four games, basically, he's averaging 60 fantasy points. His scoring is up over 30 points a game right now, which is a big reason for it. And he's in the highest total game at 221. They're favored by 10. And they're going up against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are a high-paced team that has been atrocious at guarding the wings all season long. We talk about on this show all the time how 
you know, cheat code for big games is playing guys against Otto Porter defense. Well, now you have Kevin Durant on a hot streak against Otto Porter defense in the highest total game on the day. Um, I actually have Kevin Durant ranked as my number one overall play today. So mm-hmm. up at the top, if I'm going after anybody, I'm going to go after Durant. Now, I know you were a fan of Westbrook as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you just can only... can't get them both in most of the time. Right. You know, I mean, you can, but then you, you have to love everybody else in mid to value section because, I mean, the, the, the total is ridiculous and so is the price. So um, it's for our lineup construction that we came up, like at least for cash games this morning, it just made less sense for us to, to roll them both, although I would love to try. But, you know, maybe it has to be something that happens in GPPs only. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, you were going to say, sorry, before I wrote, no, I was, I was basically just going to ask you, like, if you can only pay up for one today, you know, it which has, way would you be going? It has to be against Otto Porter cause he is so, so bad and he hasn't been completely healthy and, you know, and there's nothing like fa- uh, facing Kelly Oubre defense <laughs> as well. I mean, that's, that, that makes it right just there then and there being able to say that on the show. So, yeah. uh, in all seriousness, no, yeah, yeah. It's Ke- Kevin Durant has been playing at a pretty high level. He's actually been sort of outproducing Westbrook um, dollar for dollar for the most part, not every single day, um, but he really has uh, reasserted himself on offense. He's running really hot, and this is the best match you can get. Totals crazy, uh, and you know we, they're both in really good spots. But um, you know, I would definitely want want to go against Otto Porter defense versus John Wall defense if I'm if I have a choice, and that's our yep. choice today. So. Uh, there, there you, there you have it. All right. Uh, so aside from the, the, the lock chalk option, Kevin Durant, there's some, um, some pretty good plays that, uh, that, that can be had, t- uh, today in terms of, uh, mm-hmm. fancy value. Um, I like, I don't, I don't mind, uh, Danilo Gallinari against the, you know, empty netter that, that is the small forward position against Toronto. Uh, overall, he has a, a you know, a projection, a projection for, uh, the, you know, 31st fantasy points. He's priced at 7,100. Uh, so he could be potentially in a good spot. Uh, aside from that, sliding down a little bit more. If it wasn't San Antonio Spurs, I would be interested in Aaron Gordon, and he might still be a play for value because he doesn't need to score a ton in order to derive fantasy value. But um, the, he was a guy that I probably want to save for another day, not this game against the San Antonio Spurs. But Stanley Johnson, to me, was the cheaper option that we talked about. Very cheap, very affordable at 4200 getting starters minutes overall, and it's paid off. Uh, 5.0, 7.2, and 7.2 in the last three games, getting uh, you know 28, 30, and 31 minutes in those contests overall, and does a little bit of everything. Can hit the three, will rebound a little bit, um, is a decent passer, and grab some steals as well. Nice little uh, complete player, like a better and more useful version of Justice Winslow uh, right now. And getting did you did you really just say that? You don't remember when we had this discussion at the beginning of the season. We did. We did. I'm giving yes. you some credit right now. Yes. You know, But you have to understand, too, it is a completely different team. Miami is loaded with people who need to touch the ball. If Justice yeah. Winslow was on Detroit, I think we would be saying the same thing literally about Justice Winslow. But it's probably fewer assists. But I think yes. he's a probably – Well, I think, I think the big thing, and this is what I said at the beginning of the year, is people underestimate Stanley Johnson's offensive game. I you don't. Know, I don't. When, when, yeah, Winslow is more of an open court player at this. He, he's an unfinished product. He needs a jump shot. He needs to get a little bit better putting the ball on the hole going to the floor. He's a great finisher right now and hands down a better defensive player than Stanley Johnson. But I think Stanley Johnson still has more of an offensive game at this point that would translate to the NBA better. Yeah. So that's why I think he's having a little more success on that end. I would love them to switch roles though, overall because you know right now you have Reggie Jackson and you don't have a whole lot else on offense you have drummond who can dominate inside but drummond to me isn't like a 
super creative offensive player. You know what I mean? He just wreaks havoc on the boards and gets great putbacks. And anything like if you get them the ball like at the rim, he can do a great job putting it in. But, you know, he's not, far from polished offensively. He's not a regular 20-point scorer. He can be, you know, in dominating matchups. But he's a little bit of a bum crusher. I don't mean to hate on Andre Drummond, but, you know, a lot of that stuff just comes off of stuff that comes off the rim and some stuff that's, you know, you know, within four feet. Uh, it, so, you know, that they could, what I'm trying to say here is Stanley Johnson could have a significant offensive role because they could use that. Harrison Elisov is not consistent. He, sh, you know, it, it, it makes more sense for them to develop Stanley Johnson versus, you know, play Marcus Morris long term. So, you know, I could see all, 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 all kinds of different scenarios where it makes a lot of sense for him to get some some extra exposure. Uh, to the lineup and become a fan- viable fancy option, which is why we're recommending him for cheap today at 4200 Nice little upside play there. Um, anybody here in the bargain basement that you want to sort of want to pull out and, uh, you know, ring up at the register at a, at a clearance price tag? Well, I think I like Aaron Gordon a little bit more than you do, but I still think he's viable, although I agree. It's not an easy matchup and it's not a slam dunk, but... The guy that I wanted to talk about is actually a little more expensive. I think Rudy Gay's in a pretty good spot here today. Um, I know Cousins is probably going to play, even though he was listed as questionable. The last time these two teams played, Cousins didn't play, and Rudy Gay put up 50 fantasy points against this Milwaukee team. So at 6,800, I think there's upside here with Rudy Gay, probably more for a tournament. And yes, I would love him if DeMarcus Cousins somehow doesn't play tonight, but even if Cousins is in, I still think that for a tournament, Gay has some upside here. Yeah, I could I could see that overall. I mean, you, you expect this total to be high, and he's a a, a supreme uh, running gunner overall. I'm not super excited about it overall because I, I've been seeing what's happened with the 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 uh, Sacramento offense, and they've been struggling overall. Cousins is you know ever since he got worn out in that double overtime game, he hasn't been the same player, and he's been struggling from the field. And when he struggles, the whole re- entire rest of the team struggles. So, um, but he is, you know, um, battle. He had two ankle injuries in in that game, and, and he ca- he came out the court twice. And the second time, he didn't come back into the game. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a rest day. But it also looks like he is going to try to play because they're in a little bit of a losing streak, and he they're going to need him to try to break that. So, something to keep in, uh, definitely keep tabs on overall. And by the way, too, arrow up on Rajon Rondo too, who uh, always takes upon himself to score more when he knows Demarcus Cousins is out of the lineup and they're uh, suffering injury. So he tends to penetrate a little bit more and is a is a lock for like a um, a higher ceiling, you know, double double with triple double upside when um, they are missing one of their bigger scores. All right. Yeah. Um, that's going to wrap it up for a small forward. Let's go ahead and jump into the four slot and talk about what you're doing at the power forward position today in DFS. Yeah, I'm not paying up for Cousins, even if he does happen to come in the game. I'm dropping back down to like that 65 to 75 level. So I really like Derek Favors. He's a guy we talked about before. You know, he's now in his fourth game after coming back from injury. His last game, he finally played over 30 minutes. They were taking it slow with him. You know, it's not the back-to-back that he has right now. So I think we see another 30 to 35 minutes out of him. And at 30 to 35 minutes, I think he's good for 30 to 35 fantasy points. Now, this is a guy that we used to have to pay just shy of 8K for, like 76, 77, 78, before he went out injured. And we're now getting him at 6,600 on DraftKings. Um, even over on FanDuel, he was an 8K player. Now he's down to like 7,200, I think he is over there. So you're looking for about 35 fantasy points out of him for upside. You know, for va- I mean, for value, you need about 33. For upside, you need about 39, which I think is right in his wheelhouse here. Um, Chicago is 
you know, basically playing without Noah, without Miritich. You know, you're down to just Taz Gibson and, uh, you know, maybe a little Bob, Bobby Portis defense that he'll see. Utah's favorite in this game. You know, 193 doesn't seem like a high total, but it actually is a little bit of a high total for, uh, you know, Utah Jazz game. So I think he's in a good spot. You know, again, going back to, you know, Hayward not being somebody I like today and thinking he'll see some Jimmy Butler defense, they're going to need other guys to score. Gobert's not really a scorer. You know, Raul Neto's not really a scorer. So I think that Favors and Hood are going to have to do more of the heavy lifting in the scoring department. So I really like him. The only other guy that I would pay up from him for is probably Kevin Love. Um, We talked about that Cleveland team playing at that higher pace. At that higher pace, one of the things that they're doing is getting Love more involved in the offense. He's put up some big games lately, some big numbers. Um, not really afraid of the matchup, although Miles, Miles Turner is a you know, pretty pretty good young defensive player in this league. But I still think that um, Kevin Love is going to be able to handle his business. I think he can get us 40 you know, to 45 fantasy points, which would be 6x at his price. All right, uh, I'm going to say this. Raul Nunez at, at, min, at min price. I know we're talking about power forwards, and he actually – um, got 19 points, which is actually six times his price tag, 6.2. I don't care. Do not play Raul Nude, Nato, yeah. please. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't recommending him by I, any. I know. I just, I just want to go yeah. out there and just spit my venom for Raul Nato as one of the worst players in DFS. I've seen people talk about how they rostered him. I want to talk about an, um, you know, and a. Uh, uh, pro that will shall remain nameless about talking about playing Nick Stauskas. They're all overall, and I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, this this guy is a high profile pro, and he's talking about how he rostered Nick Stauskas. I don't care what world you're in. Uh, Nick Stauskas is not a not a good player ever, any anywhere. You know what I mean? Like if you wanted to be super 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 contrarian, good luck to you. I was I I can come up with a million contrarian lineups that will never ever contain Nick Skalskis or Raul Nato uh, overall. So so this, what you're saying is you feel about Nick Skalskis and Raul Nato the way I feel about Boogie Cousins shooting three pointers or Gorgie Jang shooting three pointers. Did you see um, how uh, Mr. Jayhawk Mayor on Twitter was like, "Hey, can we get some uh, Gorgie Jang drop in the tray?" Uh, from the power forward position talk on the next podcast, and I was like, "You don't know what you're asking for. You're trying to make my life harder overall." Okay, well, look at look at the two big men on that team. Which of the two of those guys do you want near the basket, and which of the two do you want shooting jump shots? I want one guy who can who can score from anywhere and be a complete threat. Um, to be to be honest with you, I'm gonna. I know you haven't been watching these games, and it makes maybe it sounds like I'm just trying to like CYA here. I'm not trying to CYA. Okay, Cousins has been using that three point pump fake pump fake so effectively, and they fall for it every time that he's by those guys by the rim. So his, um, you know, three point prowess or lack thereof, or whatever you want to call it, his ability to take and make that shot has actually opened him up scoring down low, which is what you wanted. So he's using it fairly effectively. He's using it like a good coach. Now, Believe see, not. I have no problem with a guy stepping out 15, 18 feet. You have to be able to do that if you're a post player. Not Otherwise, you know, you don't, they don't respect him. I know. I don't feel there's any reason for him to be hanging out at the three-point line. You, you, you hear your, your voice raising and, like, the anger rising. I like, feel like there's, like, a – if there was, like, a beaker – that was like about to boil over. You're like eighty something percent there because Cousins is still shooting three. All I all I gotta say is when they lose these twenty point leads that they lose all the time, 
It's usually when Cousins decides to take his foot off the gas and stand out at the three-point line. When I think he's been fairly judicious about it overall. I've been paying attention to when he takes those threes, and I, I there are some points where I haven't loved it, but he's never taken it like in a critical moment where they were like you know trying to come back or trying to hold on to a lead or something like. Usually it's like in the second quarter, you know what I mean, or at the end of the first or something like that. He's really isn't taking. He's taking it in low leverage situations overall. So I mean, which now I know is not going to make you feel too much better overall because you just don't want him to do it but if you see what's happening to him inside as well they really are like you know trying to like take a like a billy club and beat him down and then i don't blame him for 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 trying to spread the floor a little bit and try to take some threes uh overall and not get like pounded overall he does complain too much and expects more fouls than he should get so there's a flip side to that but you know we'll just save this conversation for a better day because this is more like sort of like game theory and you know how you in getting into like the individual minutia of Demarcus Cousins that we don't need to talk about right now because uh, you know I, I actually f- for what it's worth by the way if he's active I think he's a fine play for you know for at least for cash maybe not for GPPs because Greg Monroe at center has zero chance uh, against Demarcus Cousins but having said that he's had had some softer matchups like Omer Sheikh where he struggled against and he didn't play well and he's coming off the two ankle injuries so there are reasons to fade him uh, overall but Greg Monroe is a guy who you know could definitely it could be like jurassic world you know where now you would you would play him in cash today i if i could make if i could make room for him the problem is is we have some elite options at point guard elite options at shooting guard elite options at small forward so once you get to power forward if you have some warts on demarcus cousins and you do come you know coming off of a uh a road trip there and coming off of like multiple ankle injuries and multiple games and has been struggling from the floor hasn't been putting up the 80 that you sort of need the price really hasn't come down too much so there's reasons not to play him but it yeah. is a very, very, very good matchup against Greg Monroe. So I don't mind it for anybody who yeah. wants to come off of like a top point guard or a top, you know, shooting or even small forward position there as well. It makes some sense to me. It's the second tightest hold on the board. And Greg Monroe, it, like I said, is, he's going to be one of those, you know, herbivores that eats up gets eaten up by the carnivores if Cousins play the way he we know yeah. he's capable of. So See, I, 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 get, I think I'm a, a little bit more scared of the ankle injury than than you are with that, because, I mean, he tried to come back in against Memphis the other night, too, and then he just kind of hurt it again. Yeah, but um, you know what? It wasn't like you know. he, he couldn't play through the original <laughs> injury. He rolled it a second time. He stepped on another guy and rolled it again. You know, right. so I don't feel like he was like trying to play hurt, but he shouldn't have came back. He looked fine when he came back onto onto the court, but I don't know. Yeah, like I said, there's a few reasons to fade him, and you know, top level production, which you have to have, you have to hit a home run with him whenever you pay 11k ish or or whatever. And if you feel like there's questions about that, and there are because of the injury, then it makes some sense for you to go into a different direction because we have strong options elsewhere. All right, we need to move off of Cousins because this is going to be like a two-hour show if we don't. Um, let's go ahead and talk about um, your boy and mine, Kevin Love, making it rain on a serious level. Um, we got some good news um, overall on the Indiana side. Ian Mahimi is not going to play, which wasn't a direct matchup for Kevin Love anyway, but now that you know that they have to play the smaller and less defensive front line of Miles Turner and uh, Jordan Hill, uh, all the more reason for us to get a lot of exposure to Kevin Love uh, on, at the poor power forward position. You agree? Yeah, like I said, I like Love and I like Derek Favors up top. Um, there's a couple cheaper options you can look at too. You know, Taj Gibson with all these guys hurt is is okay. Um, Jabari Parker's actually been playing really well. Uh, he's power forward, right? Not small forward. I think he's small forward on some sites, uh, but I know he's power forward over on DraftKings. He's actually been playing pretty well, and 5300s a you know really nice price point for him. I think he's safe for cash. 
um, against Sacramento, paced up team, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, I think he can get you 25 to 30 fantasy points as well. I haven't really looked too much below that. Are there any, like, cheap guys that you're on? Uh, at the power forward position, I'm not in, in, interested in paying down too much because we loved some of the top options that we have uh, so much. You know, Paul Millsap hasn't been playing as strongly as he as he had uh, as of late, but it looks like the, the price is a little bit more reasonable Uh Overall, I do like Lamarcus Aldridge in this spot with uh with that uh, minus Tim Duncan out of the lineup there as well. I mean the production has been really uneven, so he's really only limited to to um you know GPPs for me. But uh no one's ever been worried about like you know T- Tobias Harris or Aaron Gordon defense. Although Aaron Gordon is a decent defender, Demarcus uh Marcus Aldridge is an absolute veteran. So at like at that price point seven K, I think you could, you can you can make a case for him overall. And Ryan Anderson is a guy who's been balling over. It's probably not the greatest matchup against Memphis, but he what he does is a completely different skill set than most power forwards, which is stretch you all the way out overall. I mean, if you look at the scoring, uh, you know, tally 23, 22, 36, 24 points, and a minimum of 6.2 times value in the past four games. So I think you can definitely make a case for him at 6,900 as well. And that's sort of where I'm leaving it uh, overall. We can go lower than that, but once you get down into that spot, you're talking about like rotational players who may or may not get some extra minutes. Uh, as well, I mean, Tosh Gibson is probably the cheapest of the bunch. It's still guaranteed thirty minutes, but like he's going to have to like struggle to get a double double against that big Utah offensive line. Uh, yeah. Did I say offensive line? Front line is what I meant. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think T- Tosh Gibson is the guy I'll, I'll I'll say for another day when I feel like he's got a like a bum crusher lineup because Utah is definitely not that. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Anderson is the only other person sort of as a pivot that I would consider getting exposure to, but obviously the matchup is not its greatest. Um, against uh, Zebo, who is a good defender, but he's not going inside against Zebo. He's going to go outside, which doesn't make it tougher for his sort of skill set to defend. All right, um, power forward is done. Before we move on to the center position, we need to talk about what you need to do if you own your own business and you're looking for a website because we've got just the site for you at Wix.com. So no matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. So with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every single day. So when you're running your own business, you're bound to be too busy, too busy to worry about the budget, the scheduling appointments, or building a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. So go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The results will be stunning. All right, center is up. We've got some top options here to, to to make a case for, and then some some value town plays that I'm definitely interested uh, for today's action. Let's see here how you're breaking it down today, Benny. Yeah, I mean, you could basically go, you know, center's a spot I've been saving to the end because there are so many options, expensive and cheap, that, you know, if you plug in the other guys you want, then you can see how much money you have left over. Uh, one of the guys who I like a lot for tournaments because I think he's going to go low-owned is Andre Drummond going up against the Nets. Um, it's a pretty high total game here for Detroit, so they're a little bit paced up against Brooklyn. Brooklyn is atrocious on the defensive end, and Andre Drummond in the first two matchups with them this year has 49.5 and 50.5 fantasy points. So you're basically getting a 50-point average out of this guy. His price has come down to 8,600. 
And he's had better games this year against Brook Lopez than Brook Lopez had against him, even on a dollar-for-dollar basis with Lopez being 1200 cheaper. So I think you're going to hear a lot of people talking about how they love Brook Lopez in this matchup. But I'm actually going to go the other way here. I think Andre Drummond is actually going to be the better play to come out of here, you know, based on the success he's had against the Nets already this year and, uh, you know, the matchup, the total, and the fact that his team's favored. Yeah, it uh, makes a ton of sense for me overall. I'll be uh, definitely looking to get some exposure in, in those spots uh, overall. Uh, for me, I think there's a couple different ways that you can go here. I think you can you can still go safe, and you still got a very good price at Zaza Pachulia at 1500 for cash games only. Uh, does mm-hmm. exactly what he's been doing since he like, missed those, that three-game stretch. They're at 35 and 31 fantasy points. Super, super safe. One point off the double-double bonus and a high rebound total. 15 rebounds and 12 before that. Chipping in with the assists as well. Five assists in the past two games. So lock chalk, cash game, monster um, in Zaza Pachulia as well. And then Miles Turner, I'm still a guy that I'm interested in as well. It's not a great matchup against Cleveland, but like we said with Ian Mahimi or Yan Mahimi out of the lineup there, I think you're in a very good spot in terms of uh, getting fancy value. He's been crushing 5.8 times value and 5.2 is his two lowest games that he's had all season long in this last since uh, January 17th in, in getting starters minutes overall. It's paying anywhere from the low of 5.2 to something like 13x overall and that 13x granted was given it closer to min salary but you know he is mm-hmm. a, a higher price overall but you love what what's happening in terms of the minutes trending 40 minutes played uh in that denver game overall which was close although down the stretch and came up with four blocks although so though he didn't score in double digit or double digit rebounds he still came up with three assists and four blocks to get you to that 30 point threshold so he does a little bit of everything and, uh, and still a value play to me at, at, at 5,300. And then sort of on a lower level, if you're talking looking to the exposure for to, you know, high totals with, you know, there could be some serious glass cleaning being done with Steven Adams overall. You really only need a little bit over 20 fantasy points to, hit, to pay off five times the price tag. Doesn't have a lot of GPP uh, appeal overall, but does have a, an occasional spot to get 30 fantasy points as well. I mean, still going to split minutes against with uh, with uh, Enos Cantor, so there's the downside of that. And then we talked about Boban Marjanovic there as well. If there's ever a time for him to get in closer to the 20-minute range, where he, you know, he can do some serious damage. Overall, it could be in a game like this where they're 16-point favorites against the Orlando Magic. Uh, so, And no Tim Duncan as well, which nece- hasn't necessarily mattered because they're just completely fine with them starting you know, uh, Boris Diaw and playing David West. So he's not necessarily the next man up, but the blowout could definitely um, help his chances uh, for fantasy value for Monday. Anything else you want to mention before we take it home? Yeah, there's two other guys who I'm looking at, too. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein at 5200 I think, is a viable option. But the guy who I like better at that price range is actually Nikola Jokic um, from Denver. Going up against Toronto, it's not the softest matchup in the world, but he's only 5300 And he's been putting up like 30, 35 fantasy points in his last couple games. So I'm going to have a little bit of Jokic in a you know, high total game, 207, Denver being at home. You know, I think that he's a guy that, you know, he's, we've seen him get double-doubles in like 20 minutes of action, and he's actually been playing a few more minutes than that lately. So I think there's a little bit of upside there for tournaments, and I think he's actually safe enough for cash. But I do agree with you, too. I mean, Zaza Pachulia for cash is about as safe and consistent as anybody's ever been. So you can pretty much just lock him in and, you know, guarantee those 5x 30-something points. Right. And if you're looking for cash game safety, he's your official safety net. So there's some a, a, a lot of opportunity to sort of, you know, lock up a spot, know what you're getting, and then, you know, pivot elsewhere in your cash games 
and, and, and stay safe with the level of production that you should be getting. And that's going to wrap it up for the RotoWire DFS podcast for Monday's action. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Check out Benny at BennyR11. Check me out here on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and at RotoWire for all your season-long and DFS fantasy needs being tweeted out on social media. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Felicity Jones with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.